chapter 12, um, uh, Matthew 12, verse 43 to 45. You know, during Halloween, people, they uh, go to haunted houses. They like to decorate their house. Um, My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. And, uh, you know, I was reading about the top 10 scariest haunted houses and there, you know, some houses that people go to that actually that if you can make it through the whole house, they'll give you your money back. You know, people, they travel throughout the world looking through, you know, to go to places like abandoned hospitals and asylums. And they would go to these places to get a scare. And, you know, I'm thinking about this. How many know, you know, we don't have to go too far, amen, and go to a haunted house to get a scare and see things. A lot of times we see within our own house. You're probably saying, I don't know about your house, pastor. But we do understand, amen, that spirits, uh, they dwell in places. The Bible speaks about this. It speaks about haunted houses. Um, and, uh, you know, in the house that I lived in, uh, when I got saved, uh, it was actually now looking back, that house was haunted. Our brothers, my brothers and sisters, we all had our, you know, where we've seen things in that house. We've heard things, people walking in. Uh, we would fill things and it's, you know, when we got saved, you know, we when I got saved, I, I begin to realize that there are demons in this house. That house, there was always violence. There was always arguing. Uh, sometimes we would see uh, uh, people, a man that are, you know, they're, they're at, you could see them from the corner of your eye. When you look, they're gone. I remember when I got saved, uh, it was a Wednesday night. Pastor Roger picked me up. Um, and I'm walking to the front door, and I remember I had to walk from down the hallway, and I passed the kitchen, and, and I saw a little girl sitting at the kitchen table. I thought it was my sister. When I opened up the front door uh, to leave the house, I heard my sister in the back room talking to my mom, and I said, wait a minute, I just saw her in the kitchen, and I walked back, and there was no one there. A few days later, my brother, he he's sitting, um, he's telling me, he says, I, I saw a little girl run from the hallway into the kitchen. And when I looked him in the uh, kitchen, nobody was there. I said, hey, did she looked like uh, my sister. We call her Bunny. That's her name. Her name's Juanita, but we call her Bunny. I said, look like Bunny, right? He said, yes, I saw her the other night. People that would stay the night at my house, they would say they seen um, a lady looking over at them um, and they would just weird occurrences will happen in that house. You would hear footsteps down the hallway at night um, and it's kind of like we got used to it. We all knew that there was things happening in that house, um, uh, but it's like we got used to it. It was something we ignored them. Um, my mom, she reminded me of not too long ago. She said, when I was a little boy, um, I would always sleep with the Bible under my pillow. I was probably four or five years old. I was afraid to go to bed. I would see things at night. She said, one day the cops were at our house. And my dad and her were fighting them. And she said that I ran out of the house and the cops had to catch me. And I'm screaming that there is something in the room. And, you know, the reason I share this, because I believe, amen, we all have our experiences. 
We all have our stories and our occurrences, our encounters with the spiritual or the supernatural. You know, as we're growing up, we may uh, we've all seen things and we may sometimes think, oh, my mind is playing tricks on me. We like to blow it off. But too many times, it's not that our mind is playing tricks on us. Um, What we're seeing is the demonic realm um, manifesting itself. Because the truth is, a house can be haunted by spirits. One man said each house has its own respective personality. You know that when you walk into some people's houses, you're like, whoa, something's not right. You can feel the hairs on the back of your head stand up. You know, this is this is not a good place. You can go to some houses and it's like you feel like a blanket just hugging you. It's so joy and peaceful and comfortable. It's cozy. And so there are spirits that reside in houses. And that's what I want to preach on them for a few minutes tonight. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled Haunted House. And we're going to look at the word of God, Matthew chapter 12, um, verse 43 to 45. We're going to expose a man, the enemy tonight and believe God to help us. Um, And so let's read together in our text, verse 43. The Bible says, um, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and he finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and in order. Then he goes and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. They enter and they dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that exposes God, the enemy tonight. I pray that you would help us in the power of your spirit, God, will bring a deliverance, God, in the change in the hearts and the lives of your people. God, that there would be true freedom tonight. We pray this and we ask that you help us and go before us. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people would say, Amen. I want to look first of all with you tonight. And I want to talk about the reality of a haunted house or a haunted place. Because in our text tonight, here we have the Lord Jesus. He is speaking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that time. And again, they begin to question his authority. And he just healed and delivered a man who was demon possessed. And now they're questioning as to whether he delivered this man and and cast this demon out by the prince of Beelzebub or the prince of demons. And so they're questioning him and they want more signs from Jesus to prove that he has come from God. They don't believe that he's the savior. And so Jesus begins to reason with them and he's trying to get them to understand, but they are not accepting him. They're not understanding them. How many know that you cannot reason with people who do not believe? You cannot reason and convince them um, that Jesus is the Christ um, if they do not believe. See, the Jews, um, they seek after a sign. This is something unlike the Greeks. The Greeks, they look after philosophies and they want to learn and find more information. Um, If there is another God out there, we want to know about that God just in case um, that we we don't let that God down and make that God angry. Um, Matter of fact, uh, the Greeks says, let's set up altars for all the gods to make sure we don't leave one out. Uh, And the Greeks, um, they are constantly, they are seeking after um, uh, knowledge. But the Jews, 
They seek after a sign. Jesus says, I will not give you a sign. He tells them, matter of fact, the only sign I'm giving you is the sign of Jonah. Jonah, as he was in the belly, the belly of the great fish for three days, um, he says, that's the only sign you're going to get. He was speaking about his death. And so Jesus, in our text, um, that he is speaking um, about their unbelief, um, he is telling a story or an illustration um, of their stubbornness and their rebellion. Um, and that's when Jesus, in our text, um, he speaks um, truth and he brings a sober, sobering reality to to their spiritual state, um, he gives them insight to uh, what actually is going on in the background um, in the spiritual realm uh, that Jesus pulls the curtains back. Um, he exposes these religious leaders um, for who they really are uh, and their problem is, uh, what their problem really is. Uh, and Jesus is saying, um, I'm telling you that, that the reason you are the way you are and you do not believe in me is because there is an evil and there is an unclean spirit living inside you how many know and 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 will agree with me tonight amen that most people's problems um, are not physical they are spiritual the reason why people continue to yield them um, to certain sins and bad habits um, is because there is a spirit that resides in you. Um, that is why you wonder, how is it that I continue to find myself back in these sins and these addictions uh, that, that it seemed that I have been delivered? Um, but in all reality, you have never been delivered. These spirits um, reside in you. Um, and so people, they always try to find out and figure what what is my problem? Why do I have trouble surrendering to God or accepting Jesus or putting my faith in him? It's one thing to say I believe in Jesus. It's another thing to put your faith in Jesus and live for him every day. They wonder and they try to fix their problems in a physical way um, and, and it, when it can only be dealt with in a spiritual way. Um, and this is what Jesus is saying um, in our text. Paul, in Ephesians 6, 9, he says, um, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, um, but against rulers, against um, uh, authorities, against the powers of the dark world, um, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a spirit spiritual warfare that is taking place right now. This is what Jesus was trying to get these Jews to understand them, that your problem, you're looking at the physical, but it's, it's more than physical. It is spiritual. Um, and so remember the story. The Bible tells us um, the woman who was in the synagogue for 18 years. The Bible says she was bent over or she was double bent. That meant she walked like this for 18 years. She could not look at people straight in the eye. And listen, this woman for 18 years, no doubt, was in pain. And Jesus sees her, heals this woman. And the Bible tells us when he does that, that Jesus, he recognizes that that spirit, that that the woman that is bent over is not that she just has a sickness or a deformity um, or, you know, she just ha had an injury. Um, it's it, because that's what people look at from the outside. They say this woman is sick um, or is hurt. Um, but Jesus points out after he heals her what this woman's problem was in Luke 3, 16. Um, he says, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound um, Think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bondage. 
In other words, what Jesus is saying is you think that her sickness and her disease and her infirmity is just, you know, an issue that's a health issue. Jesus says it is a spirit. For 18 years, the devil had this woman bound. Mary Magdalene, many of you know, we all know this woman in the Bible because she followed Jesus. We know she was there through the life of his ministry. She was there at his death, at his burial. He revealed himself to her when he rose from the dead. And it's interesting that the Bible tells us that before Mary Magdalene got saved in Luke 8, 2, when she met Jesus, when she believed in Jesus, that this woman had a spirit of infirmity. She also had seven demons living inside of her. Many scholars believe that this woman, um, that she had the seven deadly sins um, living inside of her. Her life um, was messed up. That people looked at Mary Magdalene on the outside and said, this um, is a messed up woman. She's an immoral woman. She was a prostitute. No doubt she was a, an, an unfaithful woman. Um, and uh, you know, an, alongside of all of that, that comes with living that lifestyle. And it was these evil spirits um, that entered into this woman somewhere along the way in her life, maybe possibly when she was a little girl. But we know it was a spirit or these seven spirits that was causing her to live a promiscuous lifestyle. How many know that lust is a demon spirit? It's an unclean spirit. It's a vile spirit. That's why you feel dirty. That's why when you get involved in lust or immorality, you feel unclean. It affects your whole personality. Paul says all sin, that, that immorality is not like any other sin. Because all other sins, you know, you, you sin out, outwardly. But he says when you commit sexual immorality, you commit a sin against yourself. He says not all the sins are the same. Don't, don't get it wrong. Don't think you can play with sexual immorality, pornography and sin and think you'll be okay. He says, no, no, my friend. You are sinning against your own body. You are violating your own body. People get involved in horrible kinds of sins, sexual sins. Reading about a young man who was caught, a man uh, 19 years old, um, uh, they arrested him. Um, they uh, actually arrested him for some other crime, and they looked at his phone, and, and uh, they, they ended up booking him in the county jail for bestiality. 19 years old. What causes a man or a woman to harm children? It is a demon spirit. That's why you find most pedophiles or people who get involved in sexual sins somewhere along the line or homosexuality. Somewhere along the line, you would find that they've been violated when they were a kid. Because it, what, it, what it is, is they think it's them, but they don't realize that violation. There was a spirit that was transferred upon that person. And here they are with all these thoughts. They're thinking, man, these are my thoughts. That is why when you sleep with someone you're not married to, you, you take on these spirits. 
speak when we hear the, the demonic of the Gadarene in Mark 5. The Bible says here is a man. He is running around the tombs naked. He is out of his mind. He is a menace to society that they cannot keep this man down. He has a suicidal spirit. He's cutting himself. They tried to chain this man. They tried to tie him up, uh, but he would break these chains up. And they're trying to control this man um, because he had legions of demons living in him. And it wasn't until Jesus comes on the scene and exposes these demons. I'm telling you tonight, listen, people are trying to fix their their spiritual problems in the physical way. People, they're trying, they're like this demon-possessed man. They, they have no self-control. Um, they're doing things that, that they never thought that they would do or imagine, and no one can control them. No one can bind them. No one can help them, um, and nothing could keep them home. They're out running around, um, and they wonder why they're doing these things, and they seek medical help. Um, they seek counseling, prescription pills, uh, and listen, they even try religion. And Jesus, he says in our text, he says, I'm going to tell you what your problem is. I'm going to tell you why you cannot accept me. I'm going to tell you why you cannot live for me. He's telling the Jews this. He says, the reason why you're having trouble believing me and living for me is because there is an evil, unclean spirit living in your house. When Jesus speaks about a house, he's talking about your life. He's talking about your body, your spirit, your body is your spirit's house. He says in our text, when an unclean spirit goes out um, of a man, another translation says um, an impure or an evil spirit. Notice, listen here, notice he's not talking about the spirit being cast out. He's not talking about the spirit being driven out. In many occurrence, you read in the Bible, Jesus is he's driving out demons and casting out demons. The, the disciples and the apostles are casting these demons. But notice that Jesus is talking to the Jewish people and, and he doesn't refer to these demons being cast out. He says that when these demons, um, when a spirit goes out of the man, in other words, what Jesus is saying um, is that these spirits, they leave and they come and go whenever they please. And I want you to think about this for a moment, because this may help you tonight and set you free. That's why people, they, you notice, they do good for a while. They come to church. They, they do well. They're, they, they're in their right mind. And all of a sudden, their attitude changes. They have these mood swings. And it's like, you're, what's wrong with you? You go from being happy to mad to angry, sad, depressed. King Saul, the Bible says that, that he was doing fine and all of a sudden the distressing spirit will come upon him and now he wants to murder King David. Jesus says when an unclean spirit leaves him, he goes to dry places and he seeks rest, but he finds none. Verse 44. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. When he comes, he finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Remember, he's talking about your life. Then he goes and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. They enter and they dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. What Jesus is telling them, 
He says, you've cleaned up your life. You found religion, but you have no relationship with me. Your house is empty. It's cleaned up. It's put in order. And what Jesus was referring to, listen, is that the Jewish people had been in bondage for 70 years. We know that God had punished them and led them off into Babylon for 70 years for their idolatry, their sexual immorality and their stubbornness and their rebellion to him. And so now God's brought them back. And now they turn to God. Remember, he's talking to the Pharisees and these religious leaders. And now they turn to God. They found religion. Now these men, they are always in the synagogues. They're always searching the scriptures. Jesus even acknowledged that. Remember, he says, you search the scriptures to find life. You're misunderstanding. The, and so they're, they're looking towards God. They've repented of their idolatry. Um, and uh, now they're, they fast twice a week. They tithe. Matter of fact, if you look, you would find Pharisees. They actually performed exorcisms. And so Jesus is telling them, he says, listen, um, you know that you, you, when an unclean spirit leaves them, the spirit of idolatry left for a moment. It wasn't that they got saved. I know that when you read this, you think that we've always heard it's that's talking about someone who's saved when, when you're saved um, and the spirit leaves them. Um, we're looking at it in context tonight. The point I'm trying to make um, is that these spirits um, are letting these people think that they're in control. They leave for a minute. They lie dormant. They give you that opportunity to clean up your life and come to church and find religion, read your Bible, pray. But they come whenever they please. Remember, the Bible says they say, for I'm going to go back to my house. In other words, they still own that house. There's still an ownership. See, the enemy gives you a sense that you're in control. He'll cause havoc in your life and he'll back off. Let me go away for a little bit. Because he knows if he causes too much havoc, it's going to lead you to Jesus. It's going to lead you to repentance. And he would rough some things up in your life and make them and, 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 and make a mess. And then he would be dormant for a while. And this is what Jesus is saying is that that these spirits left. That's why you can see people get involved in religions and cults and they clean up their life. They're not even saved. They're doing well. They have a good job. They, you know, comb their hair, take a bath now there. And it's like they're not even saved. Come on, does anybody know people like that? People go to AA meetings and, you know, I've ran into a guy in New Braunfels, Texas, and I'm telling him only Jesus could deliver these AA meetings. He, and he said, gosh, you better stop there, young man. He says, I've been 13 years sober, and I, if it wasn't for the AA meetings, I wouldn't be here today. And you got me there. Well, you, you could quit doing drugs on your own, but you cannot make heaven your home on your own. The Bible says something interesting. It says when the unclean spirit leaves, it says when he comes back, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. See, the 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 Greeks used a word here for that word order is that word cosmian. That word, it means to arrange, adorn, to beautify or most women know as cosmetics. In other words, what he's saying is that you have 
a total makeover on the outside. You look good, but your house is empty. It's possible tonight that your walk with God is only cosmetic. You look good on the outside, but your house is empty. The reason you came and you're in church is because the spirit is lying dormant. It's went to go look for his other buddies. But he'll come back. That's why when you leave church, you're like, man, why is my mind? It's like I was doing great. Came to the altar. It's like I had the victory. I made up my mind. I'm going to live for Jesus. And then you get back home and it's like the temptation, the assaults. It's possible the spirits return and your house is haunted. You know, in the state of New York, there's a small town called Amityville. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. If you watch scary movies, you could correct me. It's become a famous um, attraction by ghost hunters, enthusiasts. It's it's a well-known house. um, And there's actually a horror film that's been made um, uh, as a documentary from that event that's that had taken place that house was haunted and many other more movies were made after that and it's pretty much they say that the uh owners of that house says it's pretty much accurate actually it's a lot worse than what the movie portrays they said uh, the the family they they ended up purchasing this home this this well-off family they they uh wanted to they needed a change in their life they needed something new, and so they moved to this little town in New York, um, and, uh, Mittyville, and they, they find this house. They've heard that this house is possibly haunted, but, you know, they, they didn't believe in that. They move into this house, um, and they said that they, for some reason, they noticed that they could not keep that house um, uh, uh, above 50 degrees. And it was cold. They had the AC worked on. A brand new unit was put in. And they said a little right after that, they began to hear people walking around that house. They heard doors slamming and uh, drawers opening and shutting. Um, they would feel people standing over them and eventually starts touching them. Um, and next thing you know, starts strangling them. They would see green ooze um, dripping from the ceiling. And there was a, a smell of this um, old cheap cologne that they would smell often as if someone just walked past by them. They would say they would wake up at 3.15 in the morning and they would be levitating in the air. They started recording the occurrences, um, documenting it, and and, uh, they, they would say that they would find themselves waking up in the morning in these weird positions and so... And so what turned out for them buying a wanting a change in their life, buying this new home, turned out to become a nightmare. They said for 28 days, they finally said we've had enough. They, They got in their cars and they left. They didn't even get their clothes, their belongings. They wanted nothing to do with that house. They went to the police station. They said, look, we've heard um, what happened. Um, and the, the police officer, uh, according to their testimony, they said that when they first entered into that house, um, that the first thing the first officer said, he smelt a cheap cologne. What happened was a, a, a young man, he murdered his whole family, made a, a meal, put them to sleep, shot them with a, 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 a rifle in the head. In all of the positions where they found the bodies, that's the position the families will wake up in. 
Miss, Miss Lutz, she said that she would get a horrible headache. And it's like it, it was a massive pain. And the police officer told her that's where she was found when she was shot in the head. And I want you to think about here's a family who wanted a change in their life. They wanted something new. See, Jesus, he speaks of the reality that a person or a place can be haunted by evil spirits. If we believe in God's house, we believe in the Holy Spirit, God's presence comes down. We believe in his spirit of love, joy, peace. Then we better believe, amen, that evil spirits and ghosts can dwell in a house and even your house. You've walked into places, you felt evil spirits. I remember many years ago, I was, went to go to Hondo, Texas, actually Dilly, Texas, to preach in the Briscoe unit in the prisons. And I remember I stopped at this old gas station, and I remember walking in that gas station, and it just felt eerie. Just felt, I mean, I felt like someone was just watching me the whole time. I used the restroom real quick. That was just the nearest gas station that, that I can pull over and stop at. And, you know, I'm in a rush. I just got off of work. And uh, I remember the, the fear that I felt in that place. And so I move on, didn't think much of it. Mr. Rudy's wife, Miss Lydia, many of you know her. She, they built a subway. Uh, they torn down that building and they built a new one. And they, it was a store and a subway together. And so she sends us a video. And they said in that subway, they show a, a, a black spirit coming up out of the ground, walking around. You can see it on YouTube. If you want to see the video, five bucks. <laughs> but I'll show you the video. And you see this spirit come up, and it's walking around the people, and it walks outside and takes off. And I said, I remember that place. That place was haunted. Something happened in that place. Now, let's remember the word haunted means inhabited or frequented by ghost or spirit. That word frequent, it means occurring or appearing quite often or at close intervals, frequent heirs of judgment, habitual or regular or frequent visitor to that house. That's what Jesus is saying is that that spirit can come to that house anytime at once. It comes and goes. See, ghosts are spirits. They're not your long lost loved ones roaming around. It's not like these spirits, they, they, they stay on the earth still trying to decide, you know what I mean? If, uh, if I'm going to go to heaven or hell, there, there's, it's not a holding place. These are real demon spirits. These are fallen angels. And when people see them, it's like, you know, they, they see them these, well, I saw my uncle or I saw my aunt. I saw my, that was a demon spirit. See, demons want to dwell in something. You remember the Bible says when the pigs, when, when, when he cast the demons out of this man who had legions, they said, don't, please don't let us just go out. Send us to the pigs. Because they want to dwell in something. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> Look, secondly, at. <laughs> See, how many know that there is an origin of the haunted? 
That they're, they're, listen to me here tonight. God wants to help you. I was reading a story about a couple that ended up, very good couple. They retired. They bought this old Victorian home. And when they moved in this home, just within weeks, they started fighting and arguing. This was this wasn't normal. They they never got into arguments. And they would hear things and 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 eventually they started to see both of them would see a lady walking around their house in a gown. And so they begin to inquire of their neighbors, finding out what happened, you know, th- this is what's going on. And, and they said, look, a doctor used to live in that house. His wife had committed suicide. And so this couple said, I I don't think that she committed suicide because we're seeing this spirit and we're seeing this lady. She's in distress, asking like she's screaming for help. They can't hear a voice, but they can tell on her face that she's asking for help. Turned out that this couple went to the police and said, you need to investigate this case. And they found out that doctor ends up confessing and murdering his wife. And the reason I share that, because, listen, there's there when there's a haunted place or when spirits reside in a man or a home in a place it's because a door was open. They cannot just come whenever they want. There was a door that was opened. And, and, and that is why the Bible warns us in Deuteronomy. He says, when you go into the land, do not bring the accursed thing into your houses. They weren't idol worshipers. They didn't worship idols. But he says, you're going to see things in the land. You're going to see things that are going to look nice, like, you know, crosses and angels and all these little things that you're going to want to bring in your home. God says, do not bring those in your home. They are accursed. It's not that you worship them. It's the spirit behind them. And you bring these things into your house. Listen, you're going to start seeing things. You're going to start. You don't know the spirits that are behind this. And listen, because objects carry spirits with them. There was a man picks up a rocking chair off the side of the road that someone threw away. And he put it there in the living room and he would wake up in the morning. One time he woke up in the morning, saw an old lady sitting on that chair. I mean, it was time to get rid of that chair. See, a door was open. Verse 44 of our text. Then he says, I will return back to my house from which I came. He says, it is my house. It belongs to me now. Why does it belong to him? The reason why is because, listen, when you sin and you commit sin, Jesus says in John chapter 8, 34, Jesus answered them and said, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. Listen to what Spurgeon says. The devil has been in possession of a man and he has gone out for purposes of his own. He has acquitted him of his own without conflict of any kind. This is the case that frequently occurs. The devil does in this way. He leaves the madly moral to become decent and orderly. The crafty spirit takes the key to the house with him for he means to return. Let me ask you tonight, does the evil spirit still have the key to your house? Does he still own possession of the keys? Does he call your house his house? 
He goes on to say he acquitted the occupancy, but have not given up ownership. He gone out that he might not be turned out. And who can understand the subtlety of the old serpent? See, it's possible tonight that the devil has access to your home, to your house. That's why Paul says, do not give a foothold for the devil or do not give place for the devil. Because when you give the devil a place in your house, he has every right to be there. He has every right. I want to close with this thought tonight at taking back your house. See, again, Jesus is talking to the Jews. He gives us insight into what's happening in the spiritual so we can take heed and and we don't have to fall in the same trap because it's possible evil spirits, um, uh, they've taken up residence in your physical and spiritual house. But I want to tell you something tonight that you can take your house back. These spirits do not have to live and reside in your house. That what Jesus is saying is do not allow unbelief to keep you bound. Because it is the sin of unbelief. See, we talk about all these great sins. But he's saying it's the sin of unbelief that has opened that door um, and has kept me from coming inside this house, um, in your house. Uh, because how many know it is only through our uh, having faith in Jesus Christ will he come in? What does he say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will have everlasting life. But he who does not believe, he says, is condemned. That what Jesus is saying is it is only through faith that he will come inside your heart. And you must believe that. And, you know, real quickly, if we're going to take back our house, the first thing is we need to do is be converted. That's what it's talking about in context. He's not talking about you changing your life. He's not talking about you fixing it up and well, I'm just going to try religion and, and, you know, get my life back on track and use um, God and use the church to just, you know, so I could finally get ahead. My life's messed up. And that, that's what Jesus was telling the Jews. You're fixing up your life because you were in bondage, but you, you've only found religion. He says you need to build your house upon the rock. Don't just hear my word. Take heed to my word. Build your house upon the rock because when the winds come and the floods, because listen, they're coming. And he says when they beat upon that house, that that house will still be standing. And Jesus is saying you have to build your house upon him. He tells Peter upon this revelation, he says, Peter, he says, I'm going to build my house and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That we have to understand, listen, that we have power through Jesus Christ, that that somehow that in people's mind, there's just this battle in heaven where God and the devil are wrestling. And at times um, the devil has God pinned to the mat and, you know, and, and he's twisting God's arm and then God's on top now. And it's like there's this wrestle. I would say that's not happening. That doesn't happen. What it is, it's your flesh. It's your will that's struggling. You know, Jesus makes an interesting statement. He says, I saw Satan fly to the earth like lightning. In other words, God, when God judged him, he flicked him out of heaven. And he flew so fast. 
The devil's power that he has is power that has been given to him. Remember, he's a created being. He's perverted that power. And that's why Jesus says, if you're going to if you're going to clean your house and build your house upon the rock in the same chapter, he says, you're first going to have to bind the strong man. That strong man we know is the devil. And what Jesus is saying is in order to take possessions of the strong man, you have to first bind him, tie him up. uh, And Jesus says, then another man comes that's stronger. How many know Jesus is the stronger man? Jesus can take the strong man uh, and kick him out of your house. When he comes in into your house, uh, Jesus Christ takes possession. He takes ownership of you. That is why Paul says we are not of our own and ourselves anymore, for we were bought with the price that we belong to Jesus Christ. Now, that is why he says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, because Jesus lives inside of you now and you have more power. And this is what the enemy wants to keep you from this knowledge that you have more power than he has. Jesus says, I've given you power to cast out demons in my name. How many believe that tonight? You have to dedicate your house to God. It has to be a place of refuge, not a place of torment. I got to go home. It should be a place where you, you, man, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to, it is a place of worship, a place of God's presence. And you have to clean your house. You have to rid your house of anything of idolatry or anything that you may think that, you know what, and pray about it. Pray and say, God, show me. Why am I having these lustful thoughts or these angry thoughts or these suicidal thoughts or these uh, depression? What is it? God, reveal it to me. God will reveal it to you. And lastly, we have to fill our house with the things of God. You cannot leave it empty. You have to fill your house with Jesus Christ. That it's not just about church. I need to go to church. It's not just about I need to read my Bible. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's what the Pharisees were doing. And Jesus was saying, that's not enough. I have to live inside your heart. And this was the warning that the Lord Jesus gives us. We have power tonight, church. Tonight, I challenge you, when you go home, you pray over your house, you clean house. Yes, but my, somebody gave this to me, and this is for my family. I mean, it's not worth the mind battles and struggles and the nightmares and, uh, that you go through. Throw it away. Get rid of it. But it cost me a lot of money. Get rid of it. It's costing you more money with your, the, with your spiritual state and it's costing you re, your relationships with people and your relationships with God. Jesus says, when an unclean spirit leaves, he comes back and that man becomes worse than he was before. That's why we tell people, don't backslide. That's why when people backslide, you, you, it's like they go all out. It's like, you're like, what are you thinking? 
You have sinners looking at you saying, man, that's just not right. People that don't even know God. It's like, what do you mean? Why do you got to hate every, hate the church and hate everybody? Because there's seven more demons living inside you. That you have no control of your life anymore. But the good news is when Jesus comes in, they can leave. I want every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. Does the, an evil spirit have the keys to your house tonight? Does he claim your house as his own? If he does, tonight you need to hand those keys over. Take those keys back and give them to God. Jesus says, behold, I stand at your heart and I knock. If anyone would open unto me, I will come in 